Christ the Son, He loveth well. God hath here on earth a treasure, none but He of Christ may know. Deep unfathomable pleasure, Christ revealed in saints below. Now verse 3. Thus, O Lord, tried and tempted, glorious calling, saint divine. Let the Lord but find the empty, living branch in Christ the vine. Vessels of the world's despising, vessel weak and poor and base, bearing wealth. Heart is rising, glory from Christ's blessed face. Now in this hymn, we already find that we have been instructed this morning by our brother Bin, and then by singing this song earlier today. Because we want to talk about the treasure that's on earth. We notice in verse 1 that there's two treasures mentioned, although it's really the same treasure. The first treasure is a treasure in heaven. It is Christ himself, dwelling there with his Father. He is the Father's treasure. But we notice at the end of verse 1, we're surprised to see there's a treasure on earth. And if we look at it, we see that the treasure is Christ revealed in saints below. So we are his treasure. Now verse 3 gives us this interesting paradox. Right. And we see in verse 3, that when you look at us from the earthly view, we are just vessels, even as our brother was talking today about just clay vessels. But once again, we see at the end of this verse 3, that for some reason, God really prizes this vessel because of the treasure that's within. So with this song ringing in our hearts, and our brother Bean's opening this morning, let's ask the Lord to help us as we consider this thing. Lord, we love the treasure you love. Because Jesus Christ our Lord has become our treasure as well. He is such a wonderful Savior and friend. And now just radiates the glory of God. We love Him as our treasure. 
And it causes us to desire to be a treasure unto you. That you would treasure us. We know by our own uh, uh, yielding to you, we, although we are just clay vessels, can become vessels of gold and silver and precious things to you. As we begin this new year, we ask that you would set our hearts to look unto Christ our treasure and to be transformed from glory to glory into a precious treasure to you. We commit this time of fellowship in the Word unto you. Lead us by your Spirit, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. This morning I'd like for us to turn to several scriptures, please. Uh, let's begin in um, Exodus chapter 27 and verse 7. We will look at some of God's vessels upon this earth. In Exodus chapter 26, the uh, scriptures are talking about the tabernacle that uh, Moses is to construct according to the pattern from heaven. And here in verse 7 it mentions the final covering over the tabernacle. And it says, then you shall make coverings of goat's hair for a tent over the tabernacle. You shall make eleven curtains in all. Then let's turn to Isaiah chapter 52, where we see our Lord who is to be tabernacled among us. God's holy vessel. But we read in Isaiah 52, verse 14, Just as many were astonished at you, so his appearance was marred more than any man, and his form more than the sons of men. And then in chapter 53, where Isaiah continues to see a vision of our Lord as a suffering servant. In verse 2, For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of a dry ground. He hath no form, 
nor comeliness, and when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. 他在耶和华面前伸展如嫩芽，像根簇于干地。他无家形美容，我们看见他的时候也无呃美貌使我们羡慕他。And then finally, one verse in First Chronicles chapter sixteen，然后另一节在呃这个历代至上十六章。it's a psalm of David, but it's recorded in 1 Chronicles 16. It's verse 29, a very familiar phrase to all of us. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. 要将耶和华的名所当得的荣耀归给他，拿供物来奉到他面前，当以圣洁的呃装饰敬拜耶和华。What I want us to think about this morning is this phrase: worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. 所以我今天要交通的就是我们敬拜他是在这个圣洁的呃呃荣耀里。now we know that our God is a living God. He has a will. He has emotions. He has intelligence. And God's ways are much higher than our ways. And one of the ways that the difference can be seen. Is when we consider what our God thinks is beautiful. Now we all have certain things we think are beautiful. Our dear brother Lance Lambert, when he was alive on this earth, had a number of treasures in his home. And many of them were Chinese. Chinese ceramics. And you didn't have to spend long in his home to know that one of his favorite colors was jade. He loved jade. And if you knew that, sometimes he wore jade pants. Lance loved this color. It's beautiful. I think if there was some Chinese single sister who wore jade, he would have married her. But this we'll never know. But our God has things that are beautiful to him. And it's interesting in the scriptures that what God thinks is most beautiful is holiness. Now he he loves love. He loves righteousness. He loves truth. And he loves holiness. But it says of God that his emotions come out when he sees something holy. Now, isn't that wonderful to think about? 
God loves and thinks holiness is so beautiful. Now, in the Old Testament, this phrase, worship the Lord and the beauty of holiness. Causes the Hebrew scholars, those who study Hebrew, to make three interpretations of this phrase. Now, some Bible scholars, they say that to worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness means to worship the Lord in the beauty of His holiness. So that we should come to the Lord and see His holiness, His beauty, and worship Him. Now we even sing a chorus like that. We sing, Worship the Lord in the beauty of His holiness. So some English songwriter has made this interpretation. Now, is God beautiful? I hear amen. Amen. When I say God beautiful, you must not just nod your head. You have to say amen. Amen. Is God holy? Very good. Ah, but that's probably not what this verse means. It's wonderful, but that's not what it means. Now, the second interpretation is that when it talks about us worshiping the Lord in the beauty of holiness, it's talking about worshiping the Lord as the high priest did in the Old Testament. Now, even though the high priest was from the tribe of Levi, he never wore jeans when he went in to worship the Lord. No Levi jeans. What did he wear? Oh, it's beautiful. There are layers of beautiful colored garments. Then he wears this heavy plate that has some gold and it's ornamental. Twelve big stones, bigger than you sisters have on your fingers. And stones on his shoulders. This is the way he worships. With holiness, righteousness, beauty, and he wears a hat. What does it say on the hat? 帽子说什么？Kadosh Jehovah，就是Kadosh耶和华。You know what that means？是什么意思？Holy to the Lord，就是圣洁，像像主神。Ah, the Lord looks at the high priest. Ah, that's beautiful. That's beautiful。神就说这个是美丽的。See, so when we worship the Lord, we need to come in our garments of righteousness, in our garments of praise. 
in our garments of holiness, and not just to come in a in a lazy manner. Actually, there's only one way we can come, and that's dressed with Christ. So, that's the second interpretation. The third interpretation. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Now, some Hebrew scholars say this means that we're to go into his sanctuary and worship. So, it's talking about the place of worship. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holy. What does it look inside like inside the tabernacle? Have you been in it? You know the you know Mennonites built a tabernacle out in Pennsylvania. Have you ever visited? Oh, you go inside this tabernacle, and you're very surprised. Everything is gold. It's lighted up, beautiful. It smells beautiful. So we're to worship the Lord in this sanctuary of God. Now this is what the, the scriptures means, one of these three things. So now we're going to look at worship the Lord and the beauty of holiness from the third interpretation of, that is of the tabernacle. Because we see something strange. I don't know if you noticed this from the scriptures we read. Did anything strike you as strange? All of these scriptures we read were about beautiful, holy things that God loves. But what was the one strange thing about each passage? The strange thing is, on the outside, these holy things looked quite normal. Take the tabernacle. The top, now the tabernacle had, what did it say? 12, 12 layers, right? 11. They set pitched the tent and they put this and the rams, red, red, and blue, and beautiful, and on the top, goat skin. Now, how many of you have a goat skin coat that you wear? Not good looking. The tabernacle is covered with goat skin. You look at that tent, you say, Why are the children of Israel so interested in this goat tent? Ah, but inside, there was the holy beauty. But hidden by the goat skin. Now, I have a quiz for you. See how smart you are. When in the Bible does it talk about the tabernacle not having the outer cover being goat skin? 
There are a few times where the tabernacle has another covering, not goatskin. When the tabernacle was covered with God's glory, you remember they put the tabernacle together, put everything in place, and then God's glory came down and covered the tabernacle. Now the children of Israel saw that and said, Oh, it's beautiful. And so this is the Lord's way. Now you remember the scriptures we read. First of all, it talks about holy women. We read it. Uh, in 1 Peter chapter 3. Let's look at the scripture. I think you all know it. 1 Peter chapter 3. Now, God loves holy sisters. Now, God doesn't mention holy brothers. I think maybe there's not many. It's only a joke. God loves holy sisters. We know this from this scripture. And now look what it says. Verses 3 through 5. 1 Peter chapter 3. Verse 3 through 5. Let your adornment be not merely external, braiding the hair, wearing gold jewelry, putting on dresses, but let it be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable quality of a gentle and a quiet spirit, which is precious in the sight of God. For in this way, in former times, the holy women also, who hoped in God, used to beautify themselves. Okay. 第三节，你们不要以外面的啊编头发戴金饰穿美衣为装饰，只要以里面存着长久温柔安静的心为装饰，这在神面前是极宝贵的，因为古时养来神的圣洁妇人正是以此为装饰，顺服自己的丈夫
But real holiness is comes from dwelling Christ dwelling within us. So there's a certain hiddenness in this holiness. You know the Jews believe this. Now I think most of you know in Brooklyn there's a large uh, population of Orthodox Jews. Now, how do they dress? Do you look at the, the man walking down the street and say, Oh, it's oh, beautiful. They wear all black. How about the sisters? I don't know. They just wear old clothes. And if you go and look at the house in Brooklyn, you look outside, it's like, eh, just another Brooklyn brownstone. Now, how many who have gone inside Orthodox Jewish home? They love ornaments, gold, Things on the wall, fancy furniture, but they hide it inside. Actually, the sisters, when they go inside, they change off this old black clothes. They put on fancy clothes because you always see them down at the fancy store. Buy you must wonder, why do you never wear it? You just go to Macy's and then you go home with the same clothes. But when they go home, you should see they change. And everything beautiful is inside the, the Brooklyn home. So you see, this is again a, a picture of holiness. And outward a vessel in outward form. And of course we see this first and foremost. With the most beautiful vessel that ever was on the earth. Jesus, our Lord. But we read in Isaiah, when he was here on earth, he did not have a, a, a beauty. If the people looked at him when he walked upon the earth, they didn't say, oh, look at that beauty. But when Peter, James, and John went up on the mountaintop, they saw Jesus with a different covering. When God caused glory to come out. And this is what's supposed to happen with us. So this picture of the beauty of holiness. The Lord wants needs us to have our mind renewed as to what we think is beautiful. Not to be caught up with what the world says is beautiful. Hollywood, Hollywood is fake. They have the world's most beautiful women on the outside. Last week they had some kind of TV award show. I think it was a Golden Globe. 
Golden Globes, huh? giving awards for the movies. But I read an article in New York Times. Average cost. Every woman who walks the red carpet. $40,000 to fix them up. The facial, the, the, the finger rolls, the, the, the toe, the dress, the jewelry, average $40,000 a person to walk the garden. A number of these women are actually pretty ugly inside. Why? Because inside it's all me, 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 I'm the greatest. They look at the mirror. Who's the most beautiful of them all? Now, probably there's some women there who are beautiful inside too. Hollywood is all about the, the, you know, the, the paint, the set. And many of us, because we grew up in this world, we say, ah, oh, how beautiful she is. Now, men, sometimes we're not very wise. Because we look around for these uh, externally beautiful women. And we know, eight out of ten of them become ugly when they're old. Now, Whereas sometimes a more normal looking woman, not so beautiful, and the older they get, the more beautiful they get. So strange. Well, it's too late if you made wrong choice. Work on her inside beauty. That's your best hope at this point. And also let her get the cosmetics, whatever she needs. Proverbs chapter 31 and verse 30 summarizes the world's view. Proverbs 31 30. If you spend too much on getting your nails done, you should underline this verse. It says, Charm is deceitful. Now, now, actually, that's talking about men. Why? Because men are beautiful, but they're charming. That's why you, you uh, wives, that's why you said, yes, I'll marry that guy. He's charming. Yeah, but after you got married, you found out what he was really like. Charm is deceitful. And beauty is vain. Oh, if somebody is beautiful, they're also self-centered. But a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be brained. This is what the Lord thinks is beautiful. So may the Lord help us to uh, be renewed in our mind as to what is beautiful to the Lord, the beauty of holiness. 
Do you remember when you got saved? How many of you felt holy when you got saved? Ah, praise God, I'm saved. One sister, she felt holy when she got saved. The Bible says, as soon as you got saved, you were made holy. No, 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 I'm just a clay vessel. That's true. But that's not true. Because you're not just the clay vessel. Because now you're a clay vessel in whom dwells the Holy Spirit, and that makes you holy. From the moment we're saved, we have to change our vocabulary. Now, what do, what do the scriptures call us? Saints. So, what does that mean? Holy ones. You know, Paul wrote his letters to the Corinthians. Now, if we took a vote from reading the different uh, letters of Paul, we may agree that the Corinthians were the most unholy of all of the churches. But at the beginning of Corinthians, Paul says that you are called saints. Every Christian is a saint because of the one who's dwelling inside. Now, I know that we don't uh, feel holy when we get saved. We still feel like we're sinners. And we, we sing this song all the time. I'm only a sinner saved by grace. That's a good testimony. Whenever you're talking to somebody, you may remind them you are only a sinner saved by grace. But you know, in the, in the New Testament, after you get saved, it doesn't say you should keep on going around saying, I'm a sinner, I'm a sinner. Or even say, I'm a sinner saved by grace. A sinner saved by grace. What do you say now? You're supposed to say, I'm a child of God. That's who you are. Now that's the truth. Look at the first John in chapter 3. Now we should call ourselves what the scriptures call us. I think when we keep calling ourselves sinners, we give ourselves an excuse not to live holy. We read in 1 John chapter 3, the first few verses. See how great a love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called children of God. And we are. Now do you notice that? Now in my English translation, it says, and such we are. There's no such in the Bible. God, John says, God the Father calls us children of God, and we are. 
For this reason, the world does not know us because it didn't know him. 所以世世人所以不认识他我们是因啊他不认识他他们不认识他。Then to emphasize in verse two, he says it again. 所以第二节他再一次提到说 ，Beloved, now we are children of God. 亲爱的弟兄们弟兄啊，我们现在是神的儿女。Now when are we children of God? 我们什么时候是他的儿女呢？ Next Thursday, 下个星期四吗 After Easter, 所以是复活节之后吗 When are we children of God? 我们是什么时候是他的儿女 Now, 现在是他的儿女 Well, now we have to admit we are children of God. 我们是神的儿女 But we have no idea what we're going to look like. 但是我们不知道我们要变什么样子 So read, do, and 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 it has not yet appeared what we shall be. 所以他说啊，我们不知道我们要啊。But we know that if he should appear, we shall be like him, because we shall see him just as he is. 但是我们必要像他，因为必得见他的真真体。Now, what does that mean? 这什么意思 ？Well, okay. Now we're children of God. 所以我们是神的儿女。But we're in a process of change. 但是我们现在在改变当中。And God is changing us, but we don't know what. We're going to end up looking like. So, 神在改变我们，我们不知道最终我们是长什么样。Do you know what I'm going to look like? 你知道我会变什么样吗 ？In heaven, 在天上。Am I going to have a beard? 我会不会有胡子呢 ？Am I going to need glasses? 我需要眼镜吗 ？I don't know. 我不知道。But we know this. 我们知道。When we meet Jesus, 我们看到耶稣的时候 ，We will be like him. 我们会像他。What it says, 这是圣经所讲的。And we will see him as he is because we also are. 我们看到他的真面目，因为我们就像他。Now listen to the next verse. 那第二下一节 ，because this is the uh, the uh, point that John is making. 是约翰的重点是。And everyone who has this hope fixed on Jesus purifies himself even as he is pure. 凡向他有这指望的，就洁净自己，像他这的洁净样。And then it goes on to talking about those who are Christians no longer practice sin. 然后这边再提到说，这这些基督徒他不再啊犯罪。Now, brothers and sisters, 所以弟兄姊妹 ，I said you don't feel very holy. 所以也许你不会觉得非常感觉非常的圣洁。But we must by faith. 但是我们借着信心，我们是神的儿女。And we must purify ourselves. 所以我们应该。As the Lord would make us holy, so God will make us holy. We aren't supposed to just keep living in sin. We aren't supposed to just keep living in sin. We aren't supposed to just keep living in sin. We aren't supposed to just keep living in sin. We aren't supposed to just keep living in sin. 约翰说：“你如果说你没有罪，你是啊、uh, 欺骗。Because every Christian still sins. 因为每一个基督徒都还会继续犯罪。But the difference is. 但是不同的是 ，the distinction is made in the English. 所以英文是啊、uh, 有这个区别。As the Christians, we still sin, but we don't practice habitually sin. 所以这个犯罪不只是一次两次，乃是像像一个习惯一样在那边犯罪。” Let me make an illustration. So, 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 let 
so our life is upwardly holy,我们的生命是向上的圣洁。But occasionally we fall,这里有时我们会犯罪，我们就跌倒。Now the sinner,这是罪人，the sinner downwardly sins,所以这个在这边，这个像这个习惯一样犯罪的人，他的呃他的道路是往下。But occasionally he does something right. Now, did you know a sinner can do something right once in a while? But their trend curve is down. They are habitual practicing sinners. But once in a while, they do something good. So Jesus said, If you be evil, if you fathers, you being evil on the downward trend, know how to give a good gift to your children. Even an evil father can give a child something. Nice. So, how much more will your heavenly father give you the Holy Spirit? We're on the upward way. So don't live in the mud of sin. You're not a pig who runs back to the mud. You're now on an upward way. And in this upward way, the Lord is sanctifying us, making us holy. Now there's, there's, three, there's three parts of the process of being made holy. Do you remember what they are? Well, when the Bible talks about holiness, it shows us there's three parts. It's all one process. The first part, God separates us from the common world. So, when the, the, the farmer is going to the Passover, he looks at his land, he finds one that's without spot or blemish. And he separates that lamb and puts him over here and feeds him and gets him ready to take to Passover. This lamb is now separated. It's holy to the Lord. When God wanted to come down on Mount Sinai, He had to do two things before He could come down. Do you remember what they were? In Exodus chapter 19, we see this beautiful picture of holiness. Before He could come down on the mountain, first He said, Moses, Circumscribe the mountain. Separate it from the rest of the world. This is no longer just Mount Sinai. What is it? God's holy mountain. 
first separated. Then the second process. Now, have you felt separated? Has the Lord cut you off from some influence in the world? Maybe some world, worldly friends who are causing you trouble? Maybe some worldly places you used to have it? You know, the Lord, by His holy power, separates us. But then, He purifies. And so once He separated the mountain, then He came down as a fire upon the mountain. And this is a picture of His purifying holiness. When Jesus said, uh, when, when John the Baptist said that Jesus would come, so down, uh, uh, he would baptize us with the Holy Spirit and fire. Because where God's holiness is, there is His fire, His purifying fire. And the Holy Spirit is a purifying fire within us. Now, isn't that wonderful? He's the one, when you sin, he convicts you of sin. He's the one that helps you overcome your flesh. He teaches you to live by the Spirit. Every time you confess and go under Jesus' blood, you're purified a little bit more. You know, this purification process is a day-by-day thing. Every time you give the Lord your life, the purifying flame drives out the dross and lets the, the treasure shine. So in making us holy, He has to separate us. Then he purifies us. But now what's the third point? What's the third part of being holy? Alright, he separated you. You're not of the world, right? Praise God. And he's purifying you. By his spirit of sanctifying. He's purifying, sanctifying your body, soul, and spirit. But then what's the third part? Why is he making you holy? Because he wants to possess you for his own. He comes down on that mountain. And forever, that's God's holy mountain. This mountain belongs to me. And it makes that holy mountain a unique mountain. And so God wants to possess us. Now it doesn't, the Bible, the New Testament doesn't say God comes to possess us. But what does it say? God comes to indwell us. And to fill us with the fullness of God. Until something happens. And what's that? We're so full of the holiness of God. That we 
discover a new covering of glory. Bringing many sons to glory. Nobody's there yet. I mean, those who are living on this earth, we're not there yet. The wonderful day comes when we have the glory that our Lord Jesus has shared with us. What an amazing process this is. Is this process going on in your life? But this is not what I want to share on this morning. This is all introduction. What I want us to look at, just briefly, is God's beautiful vessel, the church. Is there anything more beautiful to Jesus than the bride? That's what's beautiful to him. He died to form this bride. He is interceding. He is washing us by his word. He is preparing this bride. This is the most beautiful vessel on this earth right now. So God on earth has a treasure. And then the song sings about Christ dwelling in us individually. But now I want to say that he's looking at a corporate vessel too. Okay. Let's look at this corporate vessel. And just to use a metaphor, I'm going to say that I want us to look this morning at this holy vessel, God's boat. Like the ark. You know, Noah built an ark. When you look at the ark, what do you see? A lot of wood. It's, it's called gopher wood in my Bible. Actually, the Hebrew word uh, is gopher. So my English translation calls it gopher. Because all kinds of people guess. The Chinese have a guess. Acacia or something else. It's wood. Is wood beautiful? I like wood boats. How beautiful is a wood boat? But I, I want to use this analogy because I want to say, what does the Lord look for in His boat? In His holy vessel. That's what I want us to see. So will you picture a boat with me? Then we'll get back to the bride. I kept looking in New Testament. I found nowhere it says God's holy boat. But please allow me to just make an analogy. Right, what, 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 does, what does God see, Jesus see in the boat? He's building his boat. He's building his church. So how is it that he sees his Ah, this is beautiful. First thing he sees, 
a wooden boat. Nothing so beautiful about it. And in my picture, this boat is like a Roman galley ship. Long, and it has has these holes on the side of the ship. Actually, most Roman galley boats had 18 holes on each side of the ship. So, this and each oar is big oar. So three people inside the Roman boat are bullying. Just looking from the outside. So so beautiful. Look at all those oars. They're sweeping the water all in sync. Now I know a sister, and she was on a college rowing team. One top five in US. Precision. Rowing together. Why? Because there's a guy a girl. And she's calling out, row, row, row. And they all row. Do you remember what our brother Stephen Kong spoke about rowing in Harvey Cedars? You remember that? Not many people remember. Paul says, you should consider us servants of God and stewards of the mysteries of God. This is in 1 Corinthians chapter 4. And the word servants there is a word that literally means under rower. That means somebody on those ships who has these row, the boat, the, the oars, and these rowing. What a beautiful picture. Look at this boat. It's moving straight ahead. It has a vision. It has a course. All moving together. When the storms rise, they still go forward. When the winds are contrary, it still goes forward. What a beautiful boat. Look at those oars, all in the water, going at the same time. Now we go up because we're we have a uh, what do they call those little things that go in the air now? Drone. Dr- drones? Yeah. yeah, yeah. We have a camera drone. We go up over top of the ship. So you can see if you have this Right. Uh, and uh, what we see? Look at the people in the boat. All different ages, all different races, all different languages, all different, from different countries. They're all together rowing together in the boat. It's a beautiful thing. You know, the Lord wants unity. That's not quite true. The Lord wants unity with diversity. Now, how do I know that? 
is if he wanted it the same, then you would have three children, and they'd all look exactly the same. So, if you take you, you come over here. I don't know your name. You all look the same. Go, go, talk. But God made everybody different. So, when you look at your family, look at your children, have a good laugh. They all look so different. God loves diversity. In His boat, it should be full of all kinds of different people. Because the Lord is the head of a family. The family is in the boat. Loving one another, working together, being hospitable to one another. Look on the deck. People doing different things. The first place everybody should start is rowing together. But now there's some who are fishing. They're fishers for men. They're preaching the gospel, throwing the nets, pulling in the nets. Then in the boat you see also first aid stations. Many broken people need healing. First aid There's classrooms for the children. There's different places to study the Bible. You see it all All kinds of little things going on. Discipleship and training. Now, when we see it more deeply, we realize why it's so beautiful. Now, why? It's because Jesus' life is seen in these people. Now the most precious thing about this boat, all of the children of God have a precious treasure in them. And if you look closely, you see this treasure manifest in many different ways. It isn't just that there's one person Peter, that's all you see in the boat. You see all kinds of brothers and sisters serving by the life of God. You see, all of it's coordinated together. There's apostles and prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. They're all ministering. How is it that they're all ministering coordinated? There's so many people ministering today. But not coordinated. And then there's many different gifts of the Spirit. You've been given some gift of the Spirit. And everybody has different gifts. It's all coordinated. How come this is? How does it happen? You look in this, it's beautiful to God to see all of this working together in coordination. There are people sacrificing their life. They're not ministering because of money. They're ministering because of love for the Lord. Everybody, everybody on the ship is a priest, a living stone. Alive to God. They're all wearing beautiful garments. They're all worshiping their Lord. As the Lord comes in their midst. Each person. It's so beautiful. Each person. 
manifest the Lord in a different way. Maybe somebody shows a little bit God's holiness. Another God's love. Another God's righteousness. Another God's light. It's so wonderful. All that working together. God's boat. Then we see this mast coming up in the boat. And we see the secret. Now how can all this be coordinated? Now we can all get jump on the boat and thank God we're saved. And we can say, ah, we're all serving God. But it, 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 it would just be chaos. Except if you see this beautiful mast in the middle of the boat, it's the cross. You know, we can't serve God coordinated except by the cross. Unless we deny ourselves, our gifts of the Spirit will become divisive. Our ministries become competing. But when the cross overshadows the whole deck of the and all the saints have taken up their cross. When Jesus looks at this boat, there is nothing more beautiful. Of course it's not perfect. But we can begin to see the amazing grace of Jesus in this book. Now I am burdened today. Why? Because there's so many boats going around in the harbor today. You know, there's a lot of Christian boats going around. Now, strange to say, the boat the way Jesus wants it. Is made of wood, and it's powered by everybody rowing together. So, but there's other boats around. Young people like some of the boats. There's the mega boat. You ever seen a mega boat? It's huge. It's man-made. Not, not wood. Fiberglass. You know, when I was growing up, I was just a boy. Most of you weren't alive then. I grew up right on the water here uh, in Long Island. I had a friend had a wooden boat. I loved this boat. But when I was growing up, just when I was a teenager, they started an invention of Fiberglass. Now, fiberglass is lighter, you, you don't have to always scrape it, paint it. You can, you can make a fiberglass boat any shape you want, make it look like a foot. 
Now, with all, all the boats going around today, many of them are fiberglass, man-made boats. But it's not beautiful to the Lord. It's not his boat. Now, the mega boat has a huge corporate engine. So, you know, people like this, big corporate engine, Maybe a big, a big, an important speaker. Maybe a, 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 a Christian band. Lots of light and smoke and all kinds of things. There's a big boat, a lot of stuff going on. You know, I read an article recently. There's a new trend in the church. In the U.S. Now, how many of you know trending is not necessarily good? Now, the latest trending of the church is very popular. Is the church online? Now, what does that mean? I, 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 I stream a preacher online. Go to church without ever leaving my house. It's what I call the bodyless church. There's no body. What's your name? Yum Yum. Yum Yum. That's your internet name. Nobody knows. Who, who are you really? I'm Yum Yum. What's Yum Yum? Yum Yum listens. Yum Yum chats. Who's Yum Yum? I, I want to look Yum Yum in the face. Well, can Yum Yum they're in the air. I don't know. This is a trend today. Now there's big mega boats. But listen, if it's not driven by the body of Christ, and if, if it isn't made the way Jesus wants, it might look good to the Hollywood church, but it's not what Jesus wants. There are other boats, not so big. Boats built for a specific purpose. There are boats that are made to reach young people. There are boats to be made to reach rich people. There are boats to be made to reach Chinese people. There's even boats for Old people. Now these boats have a specific purpose. So everything they do, the worship, the preaching, everything is geared toward a specific thing. Or there's some boats around. Well, boats. They're more like cruise ships. They're built, they're built so you can go on your Christian 
你可以有这个社交的时间。You like short messages? 你喜欢短的信息。We preach ten minutes. 我们传道这十分钟。You like multimedia? Multimedia, song, smoke, light. 你有这个多媒体的，都我们会给你。Anything you want. 你要的都有。I read an article last week. 我上个礼拜读一篇。There's a worship leader, a, a, a worship leader who writes, who writes some songs we know. 他写写一首诗，写诗一些诗歌。He wrote an article two weeks ago. 他几个礼拜前写。Here's what he said. 那文章他说，Once one Sunday I sat in the congregation. 所以有一次我坐在这个聚会的那个，and I had a wake up call. 所以我坐在下面，我就。because the worship band was leading the worship. And I looked around. And nobody's singing. They're just watching. And why not? Because the worship band, they really know how to sing. And I don't know how much of it is a worship song and how much of it is a Entertainment. But this worship leader says the people they, they even talk to each other. Now when the Lord looks into his boat, is that what he wants to say? People disconnected from worship? The body of Christ spectating. So I tell you, it, it may be a great show, but it's not what God wants. You know, I used to be uh, always play my guitar and lead worship. And then the Lord began to speak to me. Because we used to have a meeting like this. I would, uh, I would have already a plan of uh, 10, 12 songs. Now I prayed about it. I had these 12 songs. And I sing one. And everybody sings. And I sing the second one. And everybody sings. And every time we get through it, everybody says, Oh, what a wonderful time of worship. And the Lord said to me, Dana, I would rather hear a brother or sister who can't even sing. Ask for a song. So the body of Christ can be alive. And not you lead all the singing. Even if I knew the songs better, even had what they would call anointing, but the Lord wants Every brother and sister participates. I want to start a new movement. You see all these new movements, right? I'm ready to start. Will you join me? I'm going to call it. It's a, it's a new idea. The church is for Jesus. That's my movement. Because the church is for God, it's for us. The church is Jesus' vessel. You, you see what I'm saying? 
We're here to glorify the Lord. We're not here to sit around and listen to somebody speak. Listen to other people sing songs. Now, brothers, some of you are very stubborn. But I want to call you on something. I, want to, I know nine out of ten brothers say I can't sing. So everybody, all the sisters are singing. And by the way, to me it's very precious to see, to see some young people, not even teenagers. And they're singing with all their hearts. And I, I look around at brothers. Are you too important to sing? Is your voice so bad you're afraid to sing? I would rather hear your, your terrible singing than to see your silence. Now you ask the Lord about that. I don't know. We men think, well, I'm a, I'm a big shot now. I don't need to sing. You should be the first one singing. I, we want the body worshiping together. Not the sisters carrying the song. Brothers, worship in the beauty of holiness. Be pleasing to the Lord. Even if it humbles your life, you need to be humble. Sing. Don't just look. Don't just sleep. Or even worse, I see some of you looking at your phone. You think that's right? Is your phone so important? Huh? What are you selling stocks on Sunday? Whatever you're doing is not right. Put that phone in your pocket and be a worshiper. Anyway. Now listen, one more scripture and then I'll leave you alone. I, I can see the brothers finally woke up now. Revelation chapter 21 verse 2. Turn there. Let me just want, make one final exhortation. This is what the Lord is looking for. It, it, it isn't a boat, right? It's a corporate people. It's his bride. In verse 2 of Revelation 21, it says, And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, made ready as a bride, adorned for her husband. Of course, what an unusual description of a bride. She's a city. Made of gold. That's you. That's me. Transparent stones of gold. You can see Jesus right through that stone. The city is full of Christ-likeness. It is glory. Precious stones. Jesus loves this beautiful city. This is what he's after. Where do we fit in right now? Well, what do we see around here? Is this a mega boat? Uh, 
It's the most disorganized megaboat I've ever seen. Now, is it a special interest boat? This can't be because the Lord wants that diversity. I see a boat. It is the Lord's boat. But when I look, I see that the boat needs to be recovered. Restored. Now, I think maybe there's a couple of people here who have boats, but they're probably fiberglass. I had a friend who had a boat. I loved his boat. Now I tell you the bad news. Every winter he took it out of the water and I went down and helped him scrape the boat. Now the boat needs some recovery. I see the holes on the side of the boat. But I see some oars that are missing. Now we can't go with full full steam if the the oars aren't in the water. Uh, Now brothers and sisters, sometimes on Tuesday night we have prayer meeting. There's not many oars in the water. Now the Lord's looking for a full ship. It's on Tuesday nights we discover the will of God for us. Now should that be left to 15, 20 people? I say there's some holes in the side of the ship. And we need oars. And there's much that needs to be recovered. You know there's damage caused by flesh and problems and things. Sometimes the crew gets lazy. You know, I, I used to be a crew of a racing ship. He's a sailboat. This guy owns a sailboat. Wanted to race. So he needed somebody heavy to sit in the ship so it would turn over. This was me. I was the crew. But I also had to do some things. I had to pull in the ship, turn around, put down the, the, the center board. Now sometimes I got lazy. So you know, I'm looking at what, looking to see and see the and the captain said, grab that rope. So now, you know, maybe in here we got some lazy crew. Now you should be serving. But you're just enjoying the ride. There's a lot of things that need to be restored. So that the Lord can see his beautiful vessel. This vessel, while on earth, won't be glorious yet. But look at it. Now in Revelation, it's coming down from heaven, and it is glorious. Just wooden vessels. Just clay jars. But now, 
the glory of the Lord is able to come through. And the Lord says, I have my bride. Now forgive me if the boat didn't make any sense to you. Let me end by saying what I said at the beginning. The Lord loves everything that is holy. Your personal life and the church. We sing some of our hymns and it says the holy church of God. May we be like that. May be despised by the world. But the holy church is beautiful to the Lord. May we have this in our view as we worship the Lord of holiness. Let's have a few prayers.